Greetings, citizens. Space Ghost here, with salutations from deep within the bowels of outer space, urging you to keep listening and enjoying the Long Box Crusade Network. And they want me to ask you what's in your long box, which to me sounds unpleasant and unseemly, and nothing you would ask if you come from, say, a background where a nun would hit you in the hands with a ruler for asking, hey, Sister Mary, what's in your long box? See, you would not say, this sounds like something you wouldn't say to a nun. Nonetheless, it makes me uncomfortable, but he handed me money, so I read it. So keep listening to the Long Box Crusade Network. If you don't, a rutabaga will grow in your nose. Space Ghost, out! You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 38, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 182 and Star Wars number 13 from April 1978. and welcome to the 38th episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in a digital, in a trade, or in the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issue or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and to have some fun along the way talking about them with my friends. Speaking about my friends... What about your friends? They won't let you down for 37 episodes. They won't flick around. Maybe something come and go, but they still are here. <laughs> like TLC drew it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't be left eye. <laughs> Uh, already we could just put a condom over one of them <laughs> <laughs> there we go uh, well let's see who's here with me we got Jared Albrecht the yard sale artist aka Death Pro oh, man I'm excited to be back for episode 38 I want to tell you guys recently just between us I have done some fairly nefarious and highly illegal things for some reason I wrote it all down <laughs> kept it in a briefcase somewhere I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I don't know why you did that either. That doesn't seem very smart. I have a feeling smart. you might pay for that later. <laughs> okay. Just want to let you guys know. Very good. Let's see what Jason is hiding in his briefcase. Well, the weasel's call. I found out about Jared's nefarious deeds and I've been blackmailing him. He got so frustrated. He's going to walk off a pier. But luckily I have my rocket power skateboard. 
which will apparently enable me to prevent him from doing anything I don't want him to do because my skateboard is so fast. That's handy. How fast That's is it? So fast I could keep him from committing suicide. Oh, yeah. That's fast. Why did I write those things down? I don't know. I don't know. But you need to pay up. Price is 20 grand now, my friend. <laughs> well, Jason, with your fast skates, I just want to make sure you're wearing your proper safety gear. You got a helmet, you got your knee pads, you got your elbow pads on and all that. You know, I do. Yeah. I mean, okay. I learned, learned my lesson. Safety first. Safety first. And then go for the blackmail. That's right. Yep. Safety, blackmail. Keep <laughs> your priorities straight. <laughs> speaking speaking of, of black males. No, I was about to say, please don't say speaking of black males. Just about to say, don't do it. I was going to say. We, we are all going there. No, speaking about priorities. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's get to our right. number one man, the yes. man, the myth, the legend. Delvin, the dark web, pop, pop, piss, silver hands, Felix Slider, yada, yada, yada. And I just yada yada over the good stuff. So. <laughs> hey, Pat, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. It's been a few years since we've met and everything. So mm-hmm. now's a perfect time for me to ask, uh, do you want to marry me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought you never asked. <laughs> <Seems> abrupt. <laughs> I mean, I figured since we've known each other for a few years, mm-hmm. it's just a good time to pop that question. Well, Ooh. don't pop up this. <laughs> I don't know, guys. What do you think? Man, face you tiger. You, you hit the jackpot. <laughs> yeah, I hit the jackpot, tiger. <laughs> yeah, tiger. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> Hey. <laughs> <That's MJ. laughs> hey. I got nothing on my finger. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> nothing that won't wash out. <laughs> oh, no. Pat, move the show along. <laughs> oh, well, all right. With that, why don't we um, move on? Um, a lot of you are probably expecting Pat's Polis to be here, but it is getting its own show. So by the time you hear this, hopefully we'll have episode one out of Pat's Polis. You want to hear what other comics were out there for April of 1978? Check out Pat's Poll List coming to you soon. If you're fired up about that, make some noise. Pat's Poll List. I really hope you guys are going to stay quiet on that. <laughs> I know. I know you are. I know, but I couldn't do it, man. So you guys miss it. You miss it. You want to whip it out, don't you? <laughs> Move it along, Pat. Move it along. Pat, we were really trying to get through one episode without making you mad about Pat's Poll List. <laughs> Well, I'm so happy Delvin asked me to marry him. So <laughs> we'll have to Don't see. Don't tell Miranda. No, uh, oh, yeah. Shh. All right. Well, now that we've gotten all this done, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break. And we will be right back. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Mike. I'm trailing. Man, it sure is great to be back to FCTC after such a long time. Yes, it is. And we've been away so long. Yeah, but real life, and uh, you know what? I, I just, I just can't do this. Can't do what? We have taken more breaks from this show than my wife has had in her entire life. I mean, we can talk about real life getting in the way, which it has, but it's, it's just not fair. So we're not going to joke around, and we're going to simply say that for the moment we're back, and there's a lot of neat stuff to talk about, like season two of Lois and Clark, and the death of Clark Kent. And the launch of Superman the Man of Tomorrow. And the return of Lex Luthor. 
And The Trial of Superman. And Underworld Unleashed. <laughs> the show can still be found at the Superman homepage, as well as at the Fortress of Bailitude. And we're still part of the Superman Podcast Network. So From Crisis to Crisis is back. For now. And it will still come out on Thursdays. Most week at www.fortressofbailitude.com, www.supermanhomepage.com, or www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first comic of this episode, and that is Amazing Spider-Man number 182. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher is Marvel. Got a cover date of July 1978, but it was on sale on April 11th, 1978. Cover price was 35 cents. Editor is Marv Wolfman, also the writer. Ooh, I guess you guys didn't know that. Penciler, Ross Andrew. Anchor is Mike. Yes. Letterer is John Costanza. And the Color Me Bad colorist is still Glennis Ween. Ooh, she's doing it all. Mm-hmm. You can read along with us in some reprints and Essential Spider-Man Volume 8 trade paperback or read along with us on the Marvel Unlimited app as well. And we hope that you do. It makes it more fun. Cover credits go to Penciler Ross Andrew and Inker for the cover is Mike. We got a double dose of the Espadito. Speaking about the cover, let's get a cover description. Brought to you by Jared. The Marvel Comics Group banner is black letters on a red background. Spidey stands ready to drop in from his green corner box. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is white letters with red highlights, but no webs to stick it to the cover like grip tape. The main action takes place high above a bridge, almost in the clouds, and the bridge has plenty of trucks on it. Spidey is having a hard time getting his bearings as he falls at the grinding punch of Rocket Racer. Seriously, Rocket Racer decks him a good one as he half pipes up. It's a shame you swung all the way up here because now it's a longer drop down. There are two cover banners, one proclaiming this issue all new, more thrilling than ever, and the other informs us that Rocket Racer's back in town. Drop-in, grip tape, clouds, trucks, bearings, grinding, deck, and half-pipe are all skateboarding terms that I knew in the 80s. I used to be a skater. Delvin, you're on the punching sound. Jason, you're on the rocket board sound. And Pat, you're on Spidey's scream as he falls, so this one should be pretty short. Three, two, one, go! Huh. That was not bad, but uh, his scream was a little weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. That's it, Pat. All right. So you, what you're saying is you were a skater boy. Mm-hmm. I'm just a skater boy. Mm-hmm. See you later, boy. boy. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you after the con, after the show. Yeah, after the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I was a skateboarder. What of it? I read what Thrasher. I was, I was a skater, too. I was a Thrasher. All I right. read the Thrasher. Avril Levine, right? <laughs> yes, that's correct. Oh, yes. Okay, got it. Yes. All right. <laughs> I love me some skateboarding mm-hmm. with my Chuck Taylors. Hells yeah. You weren't cool unless they had a little hole worn in the side from where you did all your ollies. Mm-hmm. How many ollies I did I wore a hole in my shoe? Yeah. Look at me. I'm cool. Welcome to Skater Talk with Pat and Jared. <laughs> what about you chumps? 
<laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't skateboard. Like, Yeah, I didn't either. It All wasn't right. my thing. No, you guys can do the skateboard. Jason and I would just go get the chick. <laughs> <laughs> you and Flash Thompson over there going to get the chicks. <laughs> the meanwhile, the mm. science professors are like, Jared and Pat got some weak stomachs. Yeah. They're a couple of losers. <laughs> Guess we chose poorly. <laughs> oh, well. Let's get to some quick cover thoughts on this one. We'll start with Jason. This is a little nitpicky, but this always bothers me when in the comic books you have somebody punching somebody else and the other person's head's going in the opposite direction of the punch. Mm. I know it's a nitpicky thing, but that bothers me, and that's kind of what we got going on there. I'm just going to throw that out. But other than that, I mean, yeah, we got a lame villain, but there's still some good dynamic action. (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's kind of a lame villain. Let's, you know, let's just throw it out there. (sighs) And I like the uh, dizzying perspective of the action on the bridge with the boats in the water and the cars, the little cars on the bridge below. I thought that was kind of cool. So that's pretty much my thoughts on the cover here of 182. And I'll pass it to Jared. Jason picked the my favorite thing on the cover, which is its rakish angle. I like the uh, mm. rakish angle. I'm trying to work <laughs> rakish in today. Uh, other than that, it's colorful and there's a lot going on. I never would have noticed the head going the wrong way if Jason didn't say anything, but he's right. You know what? I'll just leave the rest to Delvin. Not much more to add. I love rakish the- angle. <laughs> <laughs> Besides the angle being rakish, there's not much more to add to that. I do like the perspective, and it's what sells it. And I appreciate the background that added to the perspective. They're on the bridge. You see the cars below. You even see a boat with the steam trailing off of it. All of that made for a very cool effect for the cover, and I liked it. Pat, what do you think? I can't really shovel on anything more than what you guys had about the rakish angle. (laughs) I mean, how can you? Yeah. It's an all right cover. I'm missing the spider webs. Yeah. They're gone. And they have that all new, more thrilling than ever. Really? (laughs) Say that last story arc was pretty darn thrilling. (laughs) But I like the colors. The colors do make it pop. So Mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. So let's go ahead and get to some cover ratings. And just as a reminder, for the last 37 episodes, we have a five-point rating system. At five is you loved it, it tickled your tummy feathers. Four, <laughs> you really liked it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Three, you liked it. Mm-hmm. Two, you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And one, it ruffled your tummy feathers. You hated it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Well, that's a big extreme of emotions. For me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's find out where this one sits with all of us. Delvin. I liked it. I'm giving it a four. I enjoyed it. And Ooh. while Rocket Racer may not be the greatest villain ever, at least he was on a pretty cool dang cover. Pat, what do you think? I'm going to go with I liked it and just keep it at the middle road as a three. You got your spider, you got your villain. I like the interesting take of the the angle that they have it. So the view you're you're looking at, I like that. That's where I'm at. Jared. I'm going to join you as a cool guy. I like it at a three. It's a good, solid three. Nothing wrong with it. Does its job, and I, and I like it. The standout thing is the rakish angle. <laughs> Jason. Yeah, I'm going to bring it home with the three as well. Nothing wrong with the cover. 
just rocket racers, kind of a lame character, and he takes up uh, the predominant amount of space. So, so the racer uh, is awesome. Him and Stegron both, y'all are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, uh, it's okay. I'll give it a three. That's fair. I think it's fair. Well, with that, let's go ahead and see what happens with the rocket racer. Delvin, give us a synopsis on it. All right, let's go. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. This book is The Rocket Racers Back in Town. The issue begins with Spidey chasing after Rocket Racer. Racer has an appointment to keep, and in spite of Spidey's best efforts, Racer escapes. I'm kind of glad. I hope she holds on a little longer. Racer is on his way to rendezvous with one Jackson Wheel, who the Racer is apparently blackmailing. If it were the other way around and Will were doing this to Racer, it would still be called blackmailing. Y'all racist. <laughs> Racer was supposed to give Will two things, but instead only gave him one, got $10,000 for it, and held on to the other thing for $10,000 more with the blackmail of turning this Minerva document into the authorities, which would put Will in jail and allowing him to say, if he does go, haven't been home in a year or more. That is a thing. Oh, yeah. The dude named Wheel is actually Big Wheel, a mort of a villain. So I guess he doesn't want that to get out more out of shame than anything. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're a Big Wheel. <laughs> oh, no. Pete goes to the hospital to see Aunt May, whose hair is made of silver, not of clay. And Mary Jane is there by May's bedside. May goes on and says, maybe Pete should settle down a bit. Will considers killing himself, but the racer won't let him. and ups the ante to $20,000. He gives Will three more hours and brags about how awesome his tech is made by the tinkerer. And it gives Will an idea. Rocket Racer is seen by the cops who give chase. Spidey happens to run into Racer again and still can't catch him. Racer throws Spidey into traffic and escapes by hiding in a smokestack. Good thing he's not a clone. <laughs> Being in a smokestack is like kissing the dirty air. Spidey kind of ignores Racer and beelines to MJ's place. Must be something important happening. Peter proposes to marry Jane. What? <laughs> she should, should have sent a letter on a long summer day. Would have been much easier. Don't know where he'll be tomorrow. That's it, Pat. I didn't oh. get the theme. <laughs> yeah, I'm lost on that. You're gonna Didn't have get to... the theme? 
There are a few song lyrics in there, but you might get the chorus of the song. The wheel in the sky. sky. So Okay, it's just too clever for us. Uh, yeah, well done, yeah, well done, well done. No one knows the lyrics to that song. I was looking, I'm like, I know the song, but you, you know the chorus exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which well, really is the song because they're like like lines about like yay big, and the rest of it is the chorus. Go figure. Very mm. well done, Dome. Very. You had me guessing. I was more intrigued about <laughs> what you're putting in than the story. <laughs> Oh, I appreciate that. Well, let's go ahead and get to the brick a brack for this issue. Is it a first read or reread? Pat, it's a first read for me. Jared. Also a first read. Jason. First read. Delvin. Pooch screwed it last week and read this one by accident, so he's already read it. Yeah, it's already <laughs> Was it a first read for you when you first read it, though? <laughs> yes, it was. We'll take there. it. We'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> Just because you read it before. (laughs) (laughs) To the listeners out there, Dustin accidentally read this instead of 181. Yeah, did the last episode. Explaining Crusaders 37 because I thought that you know maybe I should read the calendar. (laughs) It could help. It could help. It could help. Apparently, we didn't learn any lessons from that last time. (laughs) (sighs) Well, the wheel in the sky keeps on turning, (laughs) Dustin. I'm sure you get another chance. Indeed. Well, with that, let's get into some high, low, or what the's. Jason, high, low, or what the? Well, I guess I'll just bring it out. This looks like a new creative team, Mm -hmm. a new head writer. And I'm kind of curious why he chose or whoever chose Rocket Racer to be the first character he comes out of the gate with. I don't know if if that's a high or a low for me. Like, maybe it's like, well, it's a good try. Maybe they were trying to really promote that character. But it just seems like an odd choice to me. How could you follow the goblin, though? Who would you follow? That's a good question. But if you want to keep it ramp it up or you want to, you know, with them bringing in this new team, do they start low and start ramping it up? You know, let's get to some lower level villains and we'll slowly. That's a good point. Maybe they didn't want to start it. But I mean, there's still a lot of plot threads that were left out there dangling with uh oh the that i would say the banshee but that wasn't will of the wisp will of the wisp yeah like that plot thread's still out there dangling the mystery of who that mysterious person is still going on and we saw that a little more i think that's the same person that we saw in this episode i don't know i just would uh why saddle yourself with rocket racer when you're coming out of the gate delvin you got a high low or what the i'll piggyback with Jason and say, I didn't mind Rocket Racer. Hell yeah. We've made a little bit of fun of a Rocket Racer in the past, but he was used well here in that he was about the maximum bad guy he could be. Because, of course, he talks a little bit of trash about Spider-Man and everything. Like, oh, you better be lucky. I couldn't stick around and kick your butt. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Maybe you could win in a you know tight fade contest, but that's about it. <laughs> but he was kind of just being a penny and thug there of where he had his blackmail plan uh, with the big wheel, and that was his thing. So I think this is the start of a buildup for more stuff. The Will of the Wisp thing that you mentioned, that wasn't really a plot thread. 
that was just kind of like a will o the wisp plot thread, but not a Spidey story plot thread. But the main thing, and we talked about this a little bit before, that was left hanging was the stranger. Who the heck is this person? Yeah. And so if I had to very roundabout way go, I'll say what the and hey, can I just sit in Peter's apartment? Yeah, sure. <laughs> that was on my no. list too, Del. <laughs> no, and that no. lady was, and that lady who's like got that crazy stare, Ms. Muggins. Ms. Yeah. Muggins. Yeah, so she got those crazy eyes, and she's yeah. letting strangers go into the apartment. Yeah, sure. come on in, there, lady. That's not okay, Jared. You got mm. a high, low, or what the? I got a high. I got two highs. I'm full of pat. Just do whatever I want. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you find yourself not liking the rocket racer, just imagine that it's the ghost of the rocket racer and he can't affect anything. And then all of a sudden, the real rocket racer is Vroom, vroom. Like Ghost Rider, but on a skateboard. Uh, but I'm just going to burn a high here. And it's, it's a worthy burn. Once again... Andrew and Esposito. Mm-hmm. The art is perfect. The panels flow well. There's a ton of action in this with having to track the rocket racers moves on his skateboard as Spidey's trying to catch him. And all the motion and movement is captured really well, as well as the human moments of Peter Parker, Aunt May and Mary Jane. It's for us and Esposito. What more can you say? Did it look a little bit more open to you, like the formatting of the book? There are a few times where the paneling just seemed really, I don't know, big. It's not a bad thing. Just it looked a little bit different than some of the comics. I thought it was denser. I thought there was like a high panel count in this I, one. More that's so kind of what I thought, too, especially that scene, the chase scene with Rocket Racer when he does the webs and the truck goes through the webs. And it seemed like there was a lot of panel counts there. Mm-hmm. It almost has the feeling of we got that new writer, which was um, Marv Wolfman, I think. And he's just like so excited. I got to get, you know, I, all these things I want to plant in issue one. So they're like, hey, I got to put a ton of panels in here to squeeze all these ideas in. For sure. At least getting six a page. It, it's a high panel count. But it was all right, though, because it was still wasn't a dense read at all either. I think no. because of the action. And I'll give one of my highs, Jared, if you're if you're done. Absolutely. Yeah. Over to you, Pat. I'll give one of my highs is the action in this. And I think one of you guys had mentioned it already is. You know, we see a little bit more of Rocket Racer, actually what he can do and, you know, what he does is run. He races away. You get to see more action of him, I think, than we saw in that the last issue we had with him in. So, you know, I want to say he warmed up to me, but interesting. And I think what makes it even more interesting is the scene in the hospital where Spidey senses something. Obviously, it's Rocket Racer walking Mm -hmm. through the room there at the hospital and i don't know why he's there but there's got to be some you know he's got to have some kind of a motivation of why he's doing this and why he needs that extra money now too spidey sense picks up rocket racer at the hospital but doesn't pick him up in the smokestack that he swings right by Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you know it's like it's like that one power that like no writer can really pin down how they want to use it (laughs) that's fair that is very fair jared well, let's go ahead and get into round two of highs, lows, and what this. Jason? I'll go with the what the. I was wondering, uh, what's the deal with uh, Spidey's webs? Why are they uh, failing? Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. So that, that's got me interested. Yeah. I wish I knew. I don't know what's going on with the webs. Maybe it's something introduced over in uh, Young Spec Spidey. 
Could maybe, be. Maybe. It seemed like that it's a plot thread that's being put out there for us, though. So I'm interested to see if anything more is revealed in upcoming issues. So that looks like a new plot thread that's open, you think? Mm. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Thread, that thread is getting weaker and weaker. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Delvin's turn. Delvin? How about the big reveal at the end for a what the? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? I mean, they hinted at it a little bit. You know, Pete's kind of like, yeah, I kind of need to move on with my life. But it's like, dude, really? <laughs> you, you need to graduate college first. Here's what well, he's got to do. You need to grease the skins better with Mary Jane first. They just really got back to being decent with each other. And mm-hmm. Mary Jane was being an awesome person and staying by Aunt May's bedside and stuff. But there hasn't really been even enough of a development between Pete and MJ for Pete to just decide that he's going <laughs> to propose to her. Like, whoa, that's a huge, huge step. So that's a what the for me. Yeah. Let's not forget. He's keeping a big secret from her to this point, too. Yeah, so. that's true. Man, you had those moments of second. She opens the door in her towel, mm-hmm. and you're going to spring that question on her? Mm-hmm. Now, was I the only one? Cause you got something great. else you could be doing there, Peter. <laughs> Let her whistle, Mary Jane. <laughs> but was I the only one who read it? Because she came to the door, and she said, oh, I'm sorry. I just got out of, my, out of the shop. Oh, it's you, Peter. Like, yeah. who else Ooh. you coming to the door in a towel <laughs> for, Mary Jane? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, baby. Mary Jane got business deals you to put close. Those, put those cookies in the back here. You got to take a number, Peter, baby. <laughs> Apartment rent don't pay itself, baby. Mary Jane got bills to pay. <laughs> That's right. Jared? All right, I'm going to give it a low, even though I like the issue overall. I feel about the Spider-Man wakeboard the same way I feel about the Spider-Man hang glider. Uh I don't like it when he's just able to make any object that he wants. Uh (laughs) I can't have webbing. And they've done it again. I did not like it. Boo! (laughs) I think Pat and Delvin are pro Spidey objects and Jason and I are anti-Spidey objects. You jokers have no problem with James Bond diving And freaking catching a plane in midair. I mean, he didn't, like he didn't make another <laughs> character can't come up with a surfing thing with words. Come on. First of all, <laughs> until you finish all the movies, don't invoke the name of James Bond in any of your arguments. That's right. Better <laughs> man than thing. you'll ever be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't like Spidey object web creation things. It's I'm not, it's not for me. Not for me. And I think it's over to you, Pat. Hurry up. I want to get the silly spike. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, there's not really much else to say on this. Am I interested in moving forward? Yeah. I don't know if that's a high or low. Not but... much else to say. We're not going to talk about Frank and Helen. We're really I'm not going to talk about Trying Frank. to get the silly Spidey moment, man. That's all I'm trying to do. All right. Well, there's a little... I don't know. You what can do you talk want? about it all. What you do you want, want to talk about? What do you want to say? I just thought these two characters were weird, man. These are like <laughs> two of the weirdest cops in New York City. <laughs> I feel like Wolfman was like, I'm going to expand the Spidey extra cast and crew universe. And it's like, no, no, do not, do not do that. I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. It's kind of a woman's empowerment thing in the 70s. And then they made her turn out to be super stupid. <laughs> 
And I, I just like now, no longer looking forward to the silly Spidey moments. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, I mean, I just, I just like, what are we doing with these two characters? Sometimes yeah. you got to eat the filler. Yeah, I guess so. I'm right there with you because you're right. She was all like, he was obviously flirting with her, and she's like, "Nah, this, we're on duty. This is business. We're cops. Get your hand off my leg." And then she's like, "I don't know how to drive." <laughs> Well, at first she was like, oh, I learned how to drive from my brother, who's a demolition derby. Like, hop the curb and slide, and then, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, if she had a brother who was an astrophysicist, she couldn't build a rocket either, <laughs> you know? It's just like, it was like strong female empowerment in the late 70s, and then all of a sudden, at the very end, it was like, she's like, like I don't know what I'm doing. And then they're like, <laughs> I was like, what was going on here? I don't get it. Yeah, I think it's rocket racer filler. You think they just need to fill a couple pages? Yes. Right, well, something. Then why? Yeah. I don't know why, because they had all, like 6,000 panels per page. Yeah, I think they could have widened out some panels. Yep. Yeah, they could have let that breathe. Maybe he's got some more plans for these two cops. I don't we'll know. We'll see. We'll see, I guess. <laughs> I'm scratching my head, though, right now. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to a silly Spidey moment. Delvin, what is your silly Spidey for this issue? It was a simple one, but I thought it was pretty funny that Spidey came on the subway and was like, hey, I'm on the subway and everybody just vacated the car and he's like, is it my breath? <laughs> That's mine too. So yeah, it was, Just that panel alone. I like that one too. Yeah, yeah he's just completely all by himself. Just like, what? Nuts. What? <laughs> what did I do? Yeah, I thought that was funny. And the only thing that would have made it funnier if there was a D in front of that. <laughs> D's nuts. D's nuts. Yeah, I'm with you. I... <laughs> So that, that's mine. So, Jason. I'll go on content page eight, the scene with J. Jonah Jameson, and he keeps messing up Glory Grant's name. And she's like, it's Miss Grant, not Miss Grant. And he's like, oh, sorry about that. I'll try to remember that, Miss Grant. And he's like completely forgotten. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny and very J. Jonah Jameson-ish. Looks like he was distracted. There was a conversation that he had with... Uh... Miss Marlon Madison. I wouldn't worry about that because nah, that relationship is that be okay? nowhere. I actually put that as a high. I mean, we didn't mention it in our note. I didn't press on it, but I thought that was kind of cool that they're still continuing that relationship. Mm -hmm. Although it sounds like maybe it's not heading in a healthy direction. Hmm. No, you guys are dropping hints, man. What? Uh, I don't know anything. I, I don't either. We'll see. Uh, I'm just happy he's happy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. He didn't seem happy, though. He seemed distracted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess that's true. But he seemed happy up until this point, I guess. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. All right. Well, let's see what Jared's silly Spidey moment is. As you know, I was going to riff on the uh, super competent female cop right up to the buzzer. Women's power movement was going really well there until the last panel. <laughs> but uh, we talked that one out. So I'll go with my B team, which is Peter, smoking hot MJ, ask her to marry him by way of a cracker jackpot. <laughs> Got up that game, son. He went cracker jackbox. Oh, your prize is an engagement ring. <sighs> yeah. Now I see why Flash Thompson and, and random other guy gets the chicks. <laughs> that is weak sauce. Do better, Peter. Yeah, I would agree. I couldn't imagine. Let's just say if this works and Mary Jane gets married and then 10 years down the line. Well, how did you guys get married? How did you how do you propose? We'll see. There's a Cracker Jack box. <laughs> 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 mm -hmm. Right. 
Yeah. You know, I seem to remember buying the wedding issue of Pete and Mary Jane circa 1987, 88-ish. So I, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'd know how it's going to go. This is going to be the world's longest engagement. <laughs> this is going to backfire. <laughs> so what do you think's going to happen? And Personally, I think she's going to say no. Why do you think you're going to say no? Because I bought the wedding issue when it came out new on the shelf in 1987. We're nine years away from that. So I, I think they got more ups and downs and, and trials and tribulations. But I, don't, I honestly don't know. Pat, theories? Uh, may say no just because they want to. She wants to get her career going. Do you think she has a man friend in the apartment at that exact moment? Ooh, Ooh. I don't. I don't think so. Because she kind of the way she was surprised, and she kind of always blocking the door. Well, she opened that door pretty easily. Flash Thompson's in there getting the chicks. <laughs> like I said, it almost seemed like she was expecting someone else mm. at the door. So. I don't, I don't know. know. Spidey's got somebody waiting for him. Peter does in his apartment. That's it, true. It, it, it looked like a female, didn't it? With the mm-hmm. with the beret hat. And the, I'm not saying a dude can't rock a beret, but it looked female. And where's the dude who was going to buy Aunt May's house? What's going on with that? I thought that it was that guy. That I think it with. is. Oh, so you think it's I a dude? Rock a, I mean, I'm not yeah, saying a dude you. can't rock a beret, but I was like, that looks like female. Maybe it's French. Or, Maybe it's Batrock the Leaper. I don't know. Be. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with MJ. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to some ratings for this issue. Just a reminder, it's a five-point rating system. Is five, you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Jason, one through five, what's your score? I'm going to have to go vanilla and give it a three right now. I'm Mm. still really in love with that last story arc that Len told. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. I'm a little, little leery here. a little tepid about the story arc with Marv coming on, but I can't say I didn't like it. It kept me turning the pages. So I'm going to have to do a plain old vanilla three at this point, fellas. Delvin. I think a three is fair, but I'm going to give it a four. It's because I like the action. The artwork was good, and it had a very good cliffhanger that I didn't see coming. This was a setup issue, but I mm-hmm. thought it was a setup issue done well. And I'll leave it at that. Jared. Oh, man. I tell you what, if trademarked musical genius Joe November were here, 3.5. Ooh, you guys both make compelling arguments. I'm going to stick with a three, but a very happy and solid three. Uh, I like where we're starting from. I'm looking forward to more, and I'll leave it at that. Pat? I'm going to agree with the threes. I'm kind of in that middle road. I see where Delvin's going. He's got some great points there. Just didn't pull me in that well. Um, the surprise at the end was interesting, but where's it going? I don't know. So uh, three. Sticking with the three. I, was, I almost bumped into the four for that surprise at the end, too, but it was almost... I don't know. It almost felt like too surprising. Two, two seven, two fours. <laughs> yeah, a little like, bit. Like, yeah. yeah, forced. Yeah. There you go. Maybe a little forced. Yeah. My surprise yeah. was too surprising. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird too because some sometimes I almost think it's almost not fair judging some of these first issue arcs because mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. by the time we get to the end of the story we'd be like yeah they set that up perfectly I should have given that a four you know <laughs> but you just don't know yet yeah <laughs> but there are good ways to start up arcs peek behind the curtain everybody earlier tonight we recorded Jason's Crusade Miss which was a issue one of a story arc of a James Bond comic and it was incredible so there That's are true. there are really strong ways to start an arc but I like this one I do mm-hmm. I really do I, I'm interested I want to know more 
I don't feel like we're in Ghost of Hammerhead territory, right? Yeah, no. Oh, no, not at all. Hopefully never again. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost Halloween. You know, and it's it's hard when we came off that big high from that last arc. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Well, I think with that, that's going to bring it to this end of the part of the show. You got a comment or question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong to the Merry Marvel. Anyone hear us? This is Trey Lawson. And I'm James Hickson. Anyone can hear this broadcast. We need your help. We've been kidnapped and imprisoned in a tomb by this creepy old undertaker named Mr. Gravely. And he's forcing us to review his collection of Marvel horror comics. Stuff like Tomb of Dracula. Werewolf by Night, Man-Thing, Ghost Rider, and so much more. Forcing us to record these reviews as a podcast called The Tomb of Ideas. If you can hear this, please contact our families. Call the authorities. Anyone. Tell them we can be found at... Now, now, boys. Let's not give too much away. You can find James and Trey every other Wednesday. At the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast. A proud member of the Cinepunks podcast group. See you there, Tomb Believers. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all of the other amazing benefits of being a Crusader Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join for as little as $1 a month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club's members selected Star Wars! Star Wars! Issue 13. Wow, can you believe it? Issue 13. Ooh. <laughs> well, we did read Star Wars 13, so I'm glad Delvin got to read that one. So, Star Wars was published by Marvel. It's got a cover date of July 1978, but its on-sale date was April 11th, 1978. Cover price is 35 cents. So you can walk away with two comics for under a buck. Good old days. Yeah. Good old days, Man. yeah. Editor was Archie Goodwin. Writer, Archie Goodwin. Ooh, we got a double header here as well, too. Editor and writer. Penciler is Carmine Infantino. Anchor, Terry Austin. Letterer is Rick L. Parker. Colorist is Janice Cohen. You can read along with us as it's reprinted in the Star Wars Omnibus or as well as on Marvel Unlimited. And we hope that you do. Cover credits go to penciler John L. Byrne. Can you feel it? Feels Byrne. Inker is Terry Austin. And let's go ahead and get a cover description by Jared. Here we go. Cover girl, put the bass in your walk. Head to toe, let your whole body talk. 
Okay, let's see what kind of lies this Star Wars cover has in store for us this time. (laughs) The Marvel Comics Group banner is black letters on a green background. The Star Wars logo is red letters on a white background. Luke is standing in his corner box with a yellow background and an orange planet. The main action shows Chewbacca attacking Luke, C-3PO, and R2-D2. So, you know the majority of this book is going to revolve around a misunderstanding with Chewbacca, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm sensing a pattern on these covers that they're doing. C-3PO is yelling, Master Luke, this time we don't dare let the Wookiee win. A cover blurb reads, Friend against friend on a star-lost world. Delvin, Luke taking that punch to the stomach noise. Jason, R2-D2's concern noises. Pat, C-3PO being choked. Good luck with robot choking sounds. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. I think I just cried my pants. I can't stop crying. Well done, everybody. I liked your robot choking noises, Pat. They were pretty good. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I try. All right. Well, with that fun and nonsense out of the way, let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts. Jason. Well, I thought it was a pretty dynamic cover showing Chewbacca and Leash fighting Luke and the droids. The confined space gives it a little more menace. It makes me want to kind of find out why Chewbacca is turning on his friend. So it is a spinner grabber. Yeah, but um, don't buy it if you want to know the answer. <laughs> well, we're just going to cover. Oh, now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead. So, yeah, but I agree. Yes. Covering content don't quite match up. Again. But still, I, I like the cover. Uh, what do you think, Delvin? I think that if you were intrigued enough by Star Wars to go out looking for more content, especially back in the day, and you saw this cover, you'd want to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty brave choice to prominently feature Chewbacca, uh, how they did, and still had to try and find a way to get Luke in there. And Luke looks like he's not having a good time uh, with Chewbacca having turned against him. And you got, you know, C-3PO and R2-D2. So it's a fun cover. I like it. Jared, what do you think? Aside from the jokes that I've made about cover and content matchup, it is a good cover artistically. We've talked in the past about how artists have had a hard time getting a handle on Chewbacca. John Byrne might be the first one to do it. This is the first Chewbacca drawing that I think is pretty spot on, pretty good, very good comic book version of the character. There's definitely a lot of action and intrigue. You do want to know why he's turned on his friends. They managed to slip in a movie quote from the first film onto the cover. So that makes it like a little insider bit for the Star Wars guys. I probably took what Pat was going to say, but I'll turn it over to you, Pat. Yeah, I did think that was kind of a nice kind of nod to the movie. When I start looking at these covers, I always got to go back and place my mind into when this is on the rack or somewhere. Mm -hmm. This is all you had. So would I like it? Would I not? Um, Doesn't matter. You got to buy it. Yeah. Yep. So to kind of figure out what's going on with this. Yeah. And you got, you know, some of the major players on this as well, too. So I like the color. I think the art is really well drawn as well, too. So I think with that, let's go get to some cover ratings. Just a reminder, this is a rating system one through five. And for the Star Wars rating, it goes as follows. Five, you loved it. It choked out your insolent coworker. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. Toshi Station was all out of power converters. <laughs> you waste time with happens. your friends with your chores are done. <laughs> <laughs> I just spilt my milk. My blue milk. My blue milk. Got blue stain all over my tunic. <laughs> 
I got a white tunic too. I don't know why. Why am I wearing white out here? It doesn't make no sense. Stop it. Stop with the Star Wars references. Damn it. Stop it. Oh, well, the only way we'll stop, Delwin, is if you tell us what you're going to rate this cover. The cover gets a four. Ooh. John Byrne is a good artist. Duh. And so he did a fantastic job. And any John Byrne cover, especially back in this day, he was on fire. So. Doesn't surprise me he lended his talents, him plus Austin. Great cover. Jared. Oh, man. Again, I'm really at a 3.5, but we don't do 0.5s here because we're men. I'm going to bump it down because of the mismatch between it and the content. I'm going to give it a three, but uh, I'm not disagreeing with Dolphin's assessment. Burn draws a mean Wookiee. And uh, with that, I will give it to Jason. I'm going to join Team Delvin on this one. I Ooh. think the center action on Chewbacca, you got a little R2 in the foreground, dynamic action there with Luke taking the hit. It's just kind of caught mid-scene. C-3PO, you got a couple little alien lizards. It's laid out nicely. I'm going to go four, comfortable four for me. And I think that'll just leave Pat. I'm going to go with Jared. Team two cool guys. Two cool oh, guys. Split yeah. decision. Team too cozy. <laughs> too cozy. Hey guys. Hey guys. Two other guys. Two coolest guys. Yeah, That's right. right. Not even cooler. We skipped this cool ass. Yeah, cool we're skipping cooler. Right. It's good cover. It's burn. I wanted something more out of it. And I, you know, maybe I'm, I'm trying to figure it out with these covers. You know, we had the really sweet ones with one through six. So now we got these. Yeah, you know. They'll find their footing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm waiting for that. Eventually, there'll be a cover that says Death Probe on the cover. Death Probe. Ooh, I'm going to give that one an eight or a nine. It's already <laughs> hanging <laughs> on your wall. <laughs> uh, so, yep, I'm going to go with three. So that's Team Two Cool Guys against Woo! Team Two Coolest Guys, I guess. <laughs> that's right. That is right. correct. So we are a divided LBC crew here. So we're going to need your help, listeners. Even help though we us. won't remember which team we were on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. GLHG, please four. give us a reminder. Of, <laughs> yeah. Only GLHG knows for sure. <laughs> Keep us straight, GLHG. With that, let's get to the synopsis. Brought to you by Jason. Long ago in a galaxy far, far away there exists a state of cosmic civil war. A brave alliance of underground freedom fighters has challenged the tyranny of the oppression of the awesome Galactic Empire. This is their story. Stanley presents Star Wars, the greatest space fantasy of all.
The title for this episode is Day of the Dragon Lords. Our story opens with Luke and the droids trying to convince Governor Quarg of a remote ship-based settlement not to kill Skywalker and break down C-3PO and R2-D2 for spare parts. The droids prove their worth by repairing a broken-down skimmer, and Luke manages to demonstrate his value as a pilot and a gunner. Able to keep their skins in one piece, Luke is made aware by Quarg that the evil governor was responsible for the crashing of his ship, and the despot has no intention of letting them go. But meanwhile, Han, Leia, and Crimson Jack approach the planet in Jack's Star Destroyer. When the greedy Quark tries to use his technology to capture Crimson Jack's vessel, Han, Chewie, and Leia use the confusion to blast their way to the Falcon and make good their escape. Back on the water planet, Quark and his men find themselves assaulted by the Dragon Riders, former scientists of Quark's outpost whom he abandoned, and it's the water skimmers versus the sea beasts, and Luke finds himself press-ganged into a battle he does not want to fight. To add to the chaos, the Millennium Falcon finds itself caught in Quark's destructive beam and crashes onto the surface. Adrift in the ocean, Han, Leia, and Chewie are besieged on all sides and blasted into the water. Luke tries to help but finds himself in the grip of a berserker-raged Chewbacca. Luke regains consciousness to find himself in a cell with a still-enraged Chewie about to pull C-3PO apart. And that is it. Thank you, Jason, for that awesome recap. Let's go ahead and get to the bric-a-brac for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? Jared. First read for me, my friend. Pat. It's a first read for me. Jason. It's a first read for me. Delvin, have you read this one before? <laughs> I did read it today, oh, but okay. that was the first time that I've ever read it. Oh, yeah. we did it. Woo. <laughs> Butterfly in the sky. <laughs> Take a look. See a book. Reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. It never seems so amazing. I love it. Let's get into some highs and lows. Oh, what does? Jared. The first high goes to Jason for working in the phrase press ganged. Never heard that. That's a new one for me. He was press ganged. I just went with it. So I uh, yeah, I just wrote. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's like Shanghai. <laughs> it's the same. I'm ready to believe okay. you. Actually, I'll give a high to... I actually like the overall plot or scheme of the villain. Was named Quarg. Mm-hmm. Basically tricking ships in so they can get them down for more materials. I feel like Archie, uh, well, no, let me get my years straight. As I say, I feel like Archie Goodwin watched Waterworld, but this is well before Waterworld. Mm-hmm. So the Waterworld producers watched this movie, but I thought it was a good scam that he was doing to bring basically raw materials down. It provided a really good reason to bring the two stories together of Luke missing on the planet and then mm-hmm. and laying them. So it really connected the stories well. Overall, I was impressed. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put this out here right now. This is my favorite Star Wars issue we've read since we got away from the movie and okay. adaptations. All right. So did you, you read this one guys, all the way through? Yes, I did read it all the way through. Okay. Ooh. I was going to ask you guys if you read 12 since uh, we kind of skipped I did that. not. I did not read 12. I'll be honest okay. with you. I didn't either. I've read I didn't it. read 12. Yeah, because I, I thought 12 was really good as well. Mm-hmm. If I get invited onto like Pat's poll list, I'll probably yeah, do it. Yeah. Maybe you should be. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve it. Nope. You don't. None of you got to deserve it, you <laughs> bastards. So you keep bringing it up. Jason, high, low? 
Uh, I'll give it a high. The art was overall very good, but mm-hmm. I thought particularly that panel where you had the machine smith that Korg hung, I oh, thought yeah, yeah. that was a creepy looking panel, but it was somehow beautifully laid out with the moonlight and the silhouette of the victim. And it's that moment in the book for me, you're kind of wondering like, what, how bad of a situation are these two in? You know, mm-hmm. it's just like a really tough group of people that they can work with. And then when you see that panel, you're like, oh no, he's got to get out of there. That panel to me was one of the critical pieces in the story. When you realize he was press ganged. Yeah, man, he was press ganged, Shanghai. Hoodwink. Hoodwink, bamboozled. Bamboozled. He got the wool pulled over his eyes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Somebody say <laughs> I guess that's me. It's my yeah. turn, right? Oh yeah, yep. it's you. Yep. Go for it. So let's keep talking about the story then. We read Star Wars eleven. Mm-hmm. Luke landed on this planet and got attacked by a sea serpent. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of like, yeah, and then there's that part of it, and then the other part of it, you got Han and you had Leia. Han was sort of working his magic to try to get that guy, whoever his name was, to go to to this planet that Luke just happened to be on. Mm -hmm. We thought it was a little boring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With issue 13 now as context, that issue becomes a little bit better because it set this up and it's like, okay, now we finally have all the players on the same planet. And even though, I mean, right now they left that cliffhanger where Chewie is without Han, so he is just completely flipped out and irrational right now. They did a very good job between 11, and I don't don't know what happened with 12, didn't read it, but did go to 13, and they set up a very good story, so I was impressed by it. Very good. That goes back to, like I was saying before, it almost seems like it's hard to gauge those first issue story arcs until you get to the the end of the story. Yeah, that is a good turnaround there, I think. Like you said, talking about it in the Spider-Man issue here, we've had, what, three now issues build up to this. That's what I really like. My high point would be just the world building that is going on, even though it may seem a little odd and out of place for me being a Star Wars fan, knowing that, hey, that's not really how the it goes. I'm finding it to be interesting, but yet a little, I'm like, do I really like this? Do I not like this? Uh, I, I'm at that point to where uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the other part of that reading Rainbow, right? Because mm-hmm. this is your first time reading it, but you're an enormous Star Wars fan. I jokingly call myself Star Wars Switzerland. I watch the movies, but I don't have any expectations and baggage of it other than that movie itself. Mm-hmm. Whereas most Star Wars fans our age have that diehard love and affection for the first couple of movies, or not first couple of movies, the whole universe, really. So they have all this weight and expectation on it. I don't have your perspective, but I think I get the idea of that you have an idea of what you want these stories to be and you want it to be at a certain level and you don't necessarily feel like it's there yet. Am I close? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're close. Well, we talked about it before too. And I think we have to remember the context that right now the Star Wars universe consists really of one movie. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, today we have a whole vast array of movies and characters and things that writers and artists can build off of. 
So I think what we see a lot of times, particularly with these first issues of the comic, you've got elements of the first movie. And I see a lot of blending from other sci-fi genres like Star Trek and Lost in Space and things like that. They mm-hmm. kind of weave their way into these stories a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think that sometimes if you're looking at it from a purely Star Wars mentality, it kind of leaves you scratching your head sometimes. But I think if you keep it in context that they're borrowing from other sci-fi genres and kind of plugging it into this one movie and then kind of mixing in their own imagination, I find I give it a little leeway when I look at it through that lens. That's fair. You know, it's a great time to be a comic fan right now, to be a fan of you know, of Star Wars, because you can get this stuff. It's out there. You know, it's out on the Marvel Unlimited app now. Back in the day, it was hard to get some of this stuff. So, sure, yeah. you know, even me going through it, this a few of it is my first time through the comic book, you know, is because I didn't have the money to try to track some of this stuff down and the cost of it all. And now it's pretty simple to get, which is good. So you can go back and relive and see what you what you miss. So, all right. Well, I think with that, let's go into round two of high, low, or what the? We'll go back to Jared. You know, I think somebody else mentioned this earlier, but I just want to underscore it for my round two high. It's just going to be Carmine Infantino's art. So unique, so dynamic. Mm-hmm. Lots, oh, of, lots detail. of detail. I mean, look at those ships. You know, this not just the spaceships for the watercraft. Just Carmine's in top form here. And uh, I will leave it at that. I will pass it to Jason. Let's go to the scene of the escape from Crimson Jack Star Destroyer. I thought that that scene was really cool with Han and Chewie mm-hmm. and Leia making their escape. Once again, Leia's an absolute badass. I loved it. Han going back, oh, I thought we were going to have to rescue you. And she said, well, you don't have any weapons here. You want a couple of these? You know, she's, <laughs> she's like packing heat. You know? Kind of wish she was in hysterics or something. He said something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, she rescued herself, grabbed some weapons and they were out of there. And I thought that was really cool. And once again, I just love the attention that the writers are given to the character of Princess Leia and how strong and resourceful they're making her look here in these early issues. I want to say here, here, here to that, I have smiled every time I've seen Leia in the comic book. I think she's been the best character so far that I've read in the Star Wars comic. It's funny how that resourcefulness and that leadership makes her character more appealing, like even sexually, like she makes her attractive is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. It makes the character more attractive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you go back to the old mentality, like we do on Saturday matinee theater and you see Dale and Aura, we're all like Aura guys because Dale's the classic swooning damsel and Aura's like taking action and making decisions and, that's an attractive quality. Yeah, I like so. that. Because when I say, what do you want to do for supper? She's going to tell me what she wants. To do. <laughs> yeah. She'll tell, tell you what you're cooking for supper. Yeah. <laughs> but but the decision's made. <laughs> exactly. That's really all we want. It's, yeah, it's, we, we don't want that Dale Arden type of girl. We've all dated this girl at one point. We ask, well, what do you want for dinner? And they give you a list of things they don't want for dinner. Well, I don't want to go here. And I don't want to go here. I hate that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got we're off topic. <laughs> <laughs> that way you establish you what you don't want. Or don't you want subway? <laughs> Tell me what you want. This is you're either on the subway or you're off the subway. <laughs> this is relationship advice with the long box crew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we're all feeling the Princess Leia. It just makes her a more attractive character. Definitely. Delvin, do you, was that your high low or? I want to add that I just, the action overall was really good. And I'll highlight 
that Luke was given the ridiculous task of taking out this wall with a ship that basically just didn't work. <laughs> I mean, because the guy the guy was such a jerk that yeah. he didn't even care. And much like Jared mentioned about Flash Gordon and stuff, what was interesting is yet this is yet another sci-fi story where the big bad guy seemed to severely lack this one thing that he needed. And apparently he had no one to fix his ships. Mm -hmm. And so Luke had to be plugged and played into this scenario. And I don't know whether it's just a plot device to use or not, but you would think that these all powerful leaders of their realms would have, I don't know, (laughs) someone that would be able to fix their war machine. And yet none of them seem to. It kind of hinted, maybe I misunderstood it, but the Dragon Riders, I think, were their like scientists and their engineers and everything that uh, he said that they were turning on them, so he had them cast away. So I think he, yeah, I think he got rid of all the people that probably could have helped him. Yeah, and so he really needed really R two D two skills as an astromech to fix his stuff. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Dylan? No, that's it. Okay. I don't well, know what he did to C-3PO for now to think about. <laughs> C-3PO translator. He's a translator. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to call it a high for this, and it's not necessary in this issue, but it's something that I'm hearing from talking with Delvin is that I think he's getting kind of sweet on this one. He's kind of warming up to it. I was sensing that, too. To warming up to Star Wars. Are you? I will read any comic book that you're going to put in front of me, and sure. I like good stories. That's what you better say if you're going to be married. <laughs> you propose to the man, you better read whatever he puts in front of you. That, that, com- that comes with the vows. I, 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 I didn't consider that. Like I said, I think we're all warming up to it. I think the creators are warming up to it. I think this is, yeah. again, I think this is the best issue we've read since the adaptation. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a good story. And just I'm going to take everybody's comment on the art. You know, it's unbelievable. And just the detail in this is just. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to say it again. Mm-hmm. So. so let's find out who had the force. Jason. Yeah, I went back and forth between R2-D2 and Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia. I mean, all of them demonstrated a lot of ability here, but I finally landed on R2-D2 simply because his ability to repair that skimmer is the only reason that team is still alive. True. And that's true to R2-D2's character. He's always at the right moment doing the the thing that keeps the team alive. Yeah, that Deus Machina sure kicked into overdrive there. Delvin, who had the force? Several candidates, definitely. I'll go with Luke because of that impossible task that he had to do at the start. R2 did fix that ship, but it wasn't 100% at all. And yet Korg, being a complete lunatic, still wanted Luke to prove himself. And then Luke had to overcome being ambushed by (laughs) the former architect or maker uh, in the middle of performing that mission. So that made it even more difficult. So I'll go with Luke. Jared, who had the force? Well, Pat, I'm always impressed by people who are dedicated to their job. 
And the master machine smith was more dedicated to his job than anyone <laughs> I've ever seen before in my life. He was like, you're not taking my job. I'll stow away on your ship and kill you. <laughs> so even though it didn't work out for him in the end and he got hung for it, I applaud his dedication. He won't never get another chance to win this award. So <laughs> master machine smith, you've got the force, buddy. He really wanted that G dang job. <laughs> he did. Yeah. <laughs> What do you got, Pat? Bring it home. I'm going to go with Princess Leia. Uh, she had the choice. force. Yeah. I mean, it was very short with her, but I like the way she was talking to the other lady. Jolly. Jolly. Yep. Trying to kind of win her over to the to their side, too. And also, she comes up with guns and all that. So I think Leia had the force. Good choices. Even a fun one from Jared. So that was awesome. Woo-hoo. All right. Well, with that, let's get to some ratings for this issue and see where it stands. As a reminder, it's a one through five point Star Wars rating system. Five is you loved it. It choked out your insolent coworker. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. Toshi Station was all out of power converters. Or at Millennium Falcon sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Delvin. Four. He's in a four Uh, mood tonight. Yeah, I am. Uh, And it was a good story. Instead of waiting, you know, flipping through the pages like, is this going to end? It was like, no, this is an elaborate story. And they finally brought the worlds together. And Mm -hmm. I appreciated that. I'm assuming this is going to be the next to last issue of this story arc. That's what it felt like. And it was good. I wouldn't mind reading 14 to see how it ends. Well, that'll have to be decided by our Crusader Club members who can vote for episode 39. And you can too for just a dollar if you join the Crusader Club. (laughs) Jason, what's it going to be? I'm going to throw another four on the pile. I really liked it. It kept me turning the pages. The art was gorgeous. Good character development. And it left us at a pretty interesting uh, climax there. What do you think, Jared? Much like Delvin's on a four train tonight, I'm on a three train tonight. I'm going to give this one a three. It's probably unfair because in the background, I'm still reading the, the UK collection. Those UK stories are really, really, really good. And this mm. isn't quite measuring up to that. So I know there's better stories out there, but it's a happy, happy three that I'm going to drop tonight. And Pat, bring it home. I'm going to go with a four. I think I really enjoyed how the story is going and progressing. And I think Delvin was right as how it's blending all the Han, the Leia, Luke, how that's all coming together now is interesting to me. So getting it a four. That's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. So we're going to be working together? Really? Worst film you ever saw. Well, my next one will be better. It's the Film and Water Podcast. The Film and Water Podcast covers movies new and old, classic, and uh, not so classic. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, available weekly on fireandwaterpodcast.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share our comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. And we are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusader Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined us on our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store. 
the Yard Sale Artist, BigCartel.com, early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. And this just in, Jason is now eligible to mm, join the Crusaders no, Club. No, that's not in the script no. at all. That's what just because why you read I took the this. segment. Oh, man. <laughs> because, that's yeah. why I volunteered to take that day. No dogs allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Call dogs now. <laughs> anyway, these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being a friend. Bill from the Bat Pod, Blasted or Stashing, Bob Buster, Braxton Underwood, David Collins, Bat Bat Batway, Jane Hendricks, Gerald Green, I the Collector, Ivor Evans, Joe Thomas. John and Maggie. John, you know what you did. Hey, Maggie. Jose Poyo. Maxwell Trevor. Miranda W. Hi, Miranda. Paul Hicks. Reggie Hancock. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Ronald Went. Ross Pichot. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin the Barbarian. Timmy. And Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. Still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it all straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Give me some swag. They won't let me join. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have any extra scratch laying around, but still want to help us out here at Longbox Headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings, it will help us out greatly and raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on our next show. These are the shares, likes, and retweets from Crusader Chronicles episode 37, where we talked about Amazing Spider-Man 181 and X-Men 111 from March of 1978. And it starts where it always starts with our good friend, Aaron Head Moss. And it continues how it always continues, where we left our wallet with Al Sedano. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. And we move on to Andrew Morris. Angelica Fetty Wolf. Bill Jordan. Bill Robinson. Blair Ching. Bradford William. Bronze Age Babies. Charles Napolitano. Charlie Green. Chris Lydon. Oh, it's my day. It's my day because it's Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Gentlemen. Let's go. And a half. Next up is Clinton Robinson, and by the way, it's a show. Comic Book Caruso. Conan, the librarian. Corey Carpenter. Danilo Dulay. DCOCD. The beautiful Dame Deborah Smith. Doc Strange. Dolores Tanari. Dominic Yaramillo Jr. Edward Holmes. Egregious Philbin. Emmanuel Sarah. Flavio Alve Arajo. Gene Gene, the podcasting machine, Hendrix. Gerardo, who is our Aguilar? Grant Carlton. Oregon Grant. Oregon. Green Lantern HG. Hell Jordan. Helmuth Brickasack. Ivan Chutley. 
Jean-Pierre Page. And he's back, boys. Jim <laughs> at Canadian Daredevil. I knew it was him. I knew he's coming back. Appreciate you, Ross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe Thomas, musical genius and friend of the show. John D. Noel, possibly musical genius, but we don't know. <laughs> John Osberg. Cal L. Claire. Catherine Kelly. Kimberly Jandro. King Dinosaur. Lance Thomas. Laurel the Lovely Mountain Flower. You should really listen to Action Film Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> she don't like it. No, hurts my feelings. Leonard Pig. Logan Garrett. M. Anthony Harardo. Mark De Simone. Mark Rose. Martin Hamill. You guys, I want to invite all of you to my Nicholas prom. <laughs> That's a hard pass for me, Pat. But let's go with <laughs> Paolo Mana. Hey, I said I marry him, so I guess I got to go to the prom. <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> Patrick Coyle. Radioactive dinosaur. Richard Field. Robert T. Muhammad. Robson. Rolando Diaz. Lovely Ruth Sutherland. Stay on her good side, boys. Stay on her good side. And I've got the lovely Ryan Daly. <laughs> Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Sean Turner. Sean Urbanski. Stephen Watkins. The Hammer Strikes. And random geeky stuff. Tim Price, come on down. Oh, my lucky day, boys. <laughs> Here we go. Let me holla. Give me a beat. Boom, 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 I can't stop, and it won't stop. <laughs> well done, everybody, and I'll bring it home. But unfortunately, Zachary Carter has to follow that up every time. We love you, Zachary Carter. Give him a beat. <laughs> Ain't no Zachin like the Zach Carter. Zach Carter, Zach Carter, don't stop. Carter. Zach attack, Zach attack. <laughs> oh, Lordy. All right, moving on to social media comments. Uh, I have some sad news to bring from Chris at BTO and Bad Books, literal. And he says that these books were no reading rainbow for me, but they were great books and a great show. So thank you very much, Chris. Uh, every time you come on, gives us an opportunity to sing. So you must keep coming on. That's that's the rule. Let it roll. On the highway. Oh, oh. Okay. We know which one I got to go with here. Green Lantern HG. Fighting the darkness at Green Lantern HG says, because it looks like I got another Holly here, folks. The trophy is hard not to see why he is the champ. And this time he came swinging. No one could beat his. With great stories comes great shut the F ups. Take a bow at Weasel Skull. Thank you. Thank you, Green Lantern. I, Good for you. It's an honor. I will I will make room on my shelf for my new Howard. I can't believe how many what Jason has won. Uh, I mean, a nice guy, and I like yeah. him. Green Lantern, I hope you're making a chart so we can see. That'd be kind of cool to see. <laughs> I can up my game now. Well, I'm going to grab one from Hal Jordan, and Hal says, This is why my Saturday mornings are great. 
I think I agree with him too. We love putting them out on Saturday. So hopefully uh, it brings a smile to your weekend. It's kind of like the old Saturday morning cartoons, isn't it? Yeah. Because even I get up and I'm like, oh, let's see what podcast came out. (laughs) I'll bring us home with a comment from Ryan Daly. Ryan Daly says that he believes the term that we were looking for was inventory story. And that doesn't sound right to me at all. Nah, pretty sure you made that up. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Were we looking for a term? A pre-made story in case they made a production hiccup. We called it like an off-the-shelf story, a desk drawer story, a oh, filed right. away story. And according to Ryan, the correct term is inventory story. And he's probably right, but we'll never admit it. So No, it's not right. <laughs> well, thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, Longbox Crusader Chronicles.blogspot.com, where the posts are made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Delvin for joining me this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Jared. You can find me at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All three are at Yard Sale Artist. Delvin. You can find me at DEE underscore RAY 1977 hat. And you can find me at Tristatos01 on the Twitter. And I want to play a special game with everybody. You can find me on the Facebook at Pat Sampson on the Facebook. Come and find me. If you're not my friend, be my friend because I need more friends on Facebook. Hmm. Hmm. Sad. Yeah, I know. And if you want to interact with us by live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us for our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. Got a comment or questions? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care, and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to Somewhere to go But won't you make yourself at home And stay with me And don't you ever leave Lay down salad And rest here in my arms Don't you think you want someone to talk to Lay down salad No need to leave so soon I've been trying The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes.
Give me a Chubbins and Sweetums one two one two. Chubbins and Sweetums one two one two. There he is, streaming. Got that haircut, looking smooth. Ooh, like sandwich smooth. bread. Smooth that was for smooth you, like Pat. Sandwich bread. Smooth and like sandwich bread. Doing a thing for your love. I love that song. Try that. That's a very good idea, Pat. I'm good at ideas. I'm just not good with following through with them. Picks or it didn't happen. What? I heard ice. Who's got ice? It's not me. I don't have a drink. I can tell by the look on your face it was you. I'm going to tell you guys something right now. I could 24 hours a day completely listen to Pat go. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid and I laugh every time. That was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> Pat. <laughs> oh Pat. So uh, this is this is what you do. <laughs> Maybe put us on mute or turn down your volume so we yeah, can look at you uh, reading and laugh at you. <laughs> I, I, I will do that. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely my favorite part of the first one. Yeah, you great, but there are other good actors out there, man. There are. There definitely are. Like you said, you just saw Creed too. So, damn it, Pat. <laughs> He's going down. And down. Who poisoned Pat on this week's LBC crew? Uh, doing the high, like Pat. It poisoned me through the ice. <laughs> it's poison. See Jason doing the high, like via the, the video. <laughs> Someone poisoned the water hole. <laughs> I'm a nuclear physicist. <laughs> are you? I mean, you, you say you are, but. <laughs> are you? Yeah! Ha! So look at him. Check the flavor of the rhythm I wrote. And while I get a chance here, let me clear my throat. The rocket race is back in time. I hope you don't mind. Jared? Huh? High, low, or what? <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> like a rookie ages. <laughs> Uh, did you read? Did you read this episode? Uh, this issue? I liked when Spider Man stuck to the wall. <laughs> Good one, Jerry. Good you. one. If you'll be my bodyguard, I will be your long-lost man. never getting to sleep. Bye. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye, Pat. Bye. I miss you. I miss you. <laughs>